welcome back to Making It. My name is Mirabelle, I'm your host, and on today's episode we have Congeniality. Their name is Jean, and that's their Instagram handle and TikTok. We talk about how they formed a tattoo studio with two other tattoo artists. They specialize in hand poke tattoos, and I mean, I didn't know that was a thing before I spoke with them, because I know nothing about tattoos, and I... I learned a lot through this chat. It was awesome to get to talk to them about about all these things. We also talk about how they landed an interview with GQ Japan. Very cool stuff. And some pop culture, anime, Animal Crossing, K-pop, all of that sort of thing. Their energy is really infectious and it was so easy to chat with them. I learned a ton. I got a lot of insights. They talked about doing live painting at an event, and I've done some live com composing on Twitch streams, and so it's really interesting to see the parallels and how similar and dissimilar these two art forms are. It was very cool. As always, links to socials for Jean, myself, the podcast will all be in the description, and if you want to join Patreon, you can do that. You can ask questions to the guests on Patreon. You'll be the first ones to know who I'm having on the podcast. I also post a lot of my music on there that the world doesn't get to see quite yet, either snippets or just things that I will never share with the rest of the world. Yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode with Jean. I had a great time chatting. I learned a lot and I hope you get some takeaways as well. And I hope you enjoy your week. Hi, it was nice to meet you. <laughs> Hi, so lovely to meet you. Very nice to have you on here. Um, it's very exciting to meet other local artists, people making their own things and making their own stuff. You've got like, you're selling stickers, you're tattooing people, and mm. you do like all the art stuff, right? I you try to get website my and everything. fingers in as many pots as I can. <laughs> How's that been? It's been How, super fun. When did, you, when did you launch your own like website and start selling stuff um that was more out of necessity than it was for fun it was always a thought that i had entertained but it was during peak covid where oh, yeah. <laughs> all of the tattoo shops got shut down and i was all of a sudden out of a means to um stay alive and make some income so right. stickers were like a really wonderful way to put my art to good use make some people happy and also put some cash in my pocket <laughs> smart <laughs> yeah so um, like, I haven't really had the chance to update it now Now that I'm back in tattooing. My focus is directed elsewhere, but I've got it on the brain for the holiday season. Nice. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you design all of your stickers and you get all that done? Absolutely. I try to yourself. get everything locally produced, locally ordered. Yeah. Nice. That's very, that's awesome. So how did you get into tattooing? Also, another thing that was out of necessity when, really? <laughs> yeah, I found tattooing at the time of my life where I was really deeply unhappy with my circumstances. Um, mm. I was in my fifth year of university, just kind of wondering what in the world was going on and what I was going to do with this afterwards. And it didn't really seem like a viable option for me to just like continue spending all of my time and resources on something that wasn't giving back to me the way I thought I would, but mm. the way that I thought it would. So um, tattooing and I happened to meet each other during this very chaotic time and it ended up being the best hot thing for me to pursue. And I followed that lead while it was hot and it led me to some really interesting places in, uh, which is led to right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You did, um, did a GQ Japan interview or something? I is did. That, I did. That that's I did. something that led. Yeah. That's crazy. Funny place That's for awesome. this to lead to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I was in a tiny, tiny little hick town in Alberta for my university degree for whatever reason. And mm -hmm. yeah, funny to think about it starting there of all places and then leading into a GQ article. <laughs> that is, that is insane. <laughs> it really is. It really is. <laughs> How long has it been like since you started tattooing to where you are right now? It has been literally almost three blissful years to the day coming Ooh. up pretty soon here oh nice so it's still pretty like... recent but also like enough time where i'm like hey i kind of feel like i know what's going on yeah yeah <laughs> do you have like an anniversary celebration or anything um yes it is the first day of the first tattoo that i gave myself that is actually <gasps> day one for me oh, really cool. really solidifies the whole experience i feel like when i can quantify the time like that 
Yeah. How do you even tattoo yourself? <laughs> it's really tough. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It is really <laughs> hard to get a tattoo in and of itself, but like having to give yourself one and receive it yeah. at the same time. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a pretty intense mix. Yeah. I mean, does it hurt? I, I don't have any tattoos, so I don't know anything about tattoos. Goodness. So Wow. <laughs> You're a rare breed now, certainly. I know. No. Yeah. <laughs> intense. Definitely intense. Really cool. For sure. Yeah. How does one even like get into start tattooing or learn how to use the things? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, um, my story is unique in the sense that I didn't really follow the traditional heavy quotation mark um, path of tattooing in the sense that I never got a formal apprenticeship. I was never formally trained by anybody I did receive a mentorship which was very valuable to me but I was self-taught through and through oh whoa so I picked it up on my own and the mentorship that I received was more for the back end of things like I really learned how to order supplies stock things um have paperwork take care of the legal end of things how to apply for a business license how to get insurance that kind of mm. mentorship because I totally would not have known how to figure those things out. I mean, I'm sure to, I'm sure I would have eventually, but it was definitely very helpful to have somebody who was already doing those things be yeah, able sure. to put me on the right path. I, yeah, had a thought about tattooing and I didn't stop thinking about it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really wanted this. So that's how this yeah. came to be. <laughs> well, congrats to getting thank yourself you. to where you are now. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, do your tattoos have any significance or do you kind of do things based off of like the aesthetics <laughs> both I feel like every single piece of flash that I put out is a part of me oh yeah it is always inevitably a part of me I don't put out anything that I don't feel wholly wholly proud of um most of the time I am thinking about the crowd that is going to be receiving this. So I do draw with them in mind. I'm like, oh, what would what would make them happy today? Oh, it's a like, cute little symbiosis of like, yes, I'm happy to make whatever the heck I want to do. But I'm also making knowing that it's going to be received by certain people. So mm, fun little mutual awesome. relationship we got going on. Yeah, you've really crafted like your online presence, I think, on Instagram and you use TikTok and you're like your videos and your little daily like outfits of the day or whatever it is totally is very cute thank and you I, it's like easy it's easy to see your personality and it's really cool uh, I yeah think. I definitely try to put that out there as much as possible I feel like it really lends people to know who I am before they even step in yeah yeah because it's a pretty vulnerable thing to have somebody mark you yeah exactly it's permanent (laughs) yeah and now the market is so saturated with people that you can actually choose who you want to go to and you can choose people for their artistry in and of itself which is fine and beautiful and great but you can also choose people for the artists the artistry and also the people that they are behind all of this which is fun yeah that's awesome (laughs) how would you uh define your your style Hmm. My style is playful. It's quirky. It's very fun. It's always a little bit magical and it's always evocative Yeah. <laughs> of something else behind this. You get, like I really encourage people to name most of their pieces. Most mm. of my pieces are creatures. So I really encourage people to like, like, what are they about? Tell me, like, what world do they live in in your head on your body? Ooh, that's, that's awesome. the kind of play that I really invite into my work. Yeah. That that's really cool, and everybody has such a different Take. story. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's perspective is different. Absolutely. Yeah. Do people like respond to you or like come talk to you after they get tattoos? Being like, this is this has been it's been a while now, and I really enjoy it. Or I usually uh, hear they... it during. Yeah. People are so <laughs> forthcoming about their emotions. It's really sweet. This isn't the case Aww. with every artist, but I am very open. And I think that lends people to um, feeling open enough themselves to want to share some things that are a little bit vulnerable. And I think some people feel shy about gratitude, but it's always so wonderful mm. to hear. And I always directly ask, like right before the end of the appointment, like, how was your handbook experience? And then people have the chance then to actually like recount the time that they had oh, to me awesome. and also to themselves. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's amazing. We talk about like in like music, it's a very vulnerable thing. Totally. Um, as musicians, we're sharing our thoughts and feelings usually most of the time and creating that in mm -hmm. uh, through music. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't think I've never really thought about it in a way of tattoos like art. Yeah, but tattoos, I've never really thought of it that way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there is a Patreon question of related to this. I'm ready. Yeah. So um, Fong asks, how do you create such a personal and meaningful experience with your clients and how different does it feel from session to session and what makes a difference? And also, <laughs> do you connect with every or any tattoo that you put on your clients? Oh, what poignant questions. Thank you so much. Know, right? Goodness. Wow. Can you repeat the first part of the question to me? Yeah. So how do you create such a personal and meaningful experience with your clients? Which I guess you kind of talked about, touched on with uh, being open. Totally. Yeah. Um, I lay down some ground rules pretty early on with every single session. I always make it very known that the session is in their hands. I am here to facilitate this tattoo, but ultimately this is your tattoo and your experience. Mm -hmm. um, I let them know right beforehand one of the most anxiety-inducing parts of the whole experience is the stencil placement because some people feel oh, yeah. very anxious about asking again to move it because that requires like wiping, having to do the whole thing again. And that can be a heavily anxiety-inducing part of the whole process. So like putting that right off the bat, like, hey, I'm just letting you know that you don't have to feel nervous about letting me know if this isn't the perfect placement for you, because if it's not a unanimous yes, it's a no, which is ev like I say this every single time. And that is a great precedent, I think, to let let people feel comfortable voicing their thoughts. Mm -hmm, so sure. it starts from there. It really starts from there. So from there on out, I really, um, before I start tattooing, I always ask if you're ready and if I have your consent to begin. And then I start asking about your life because <laughs> number one, I'm very curious about your life. Number two, it also keeps you super distracted from the fact that I'm stabbing you. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So I think That's the personal point. experience comes from the fact that I'm a very engaged listener. I would rather, I love to keep you talking because I love to hear about other people's experiences and lives, especially because I get so many students and oh, yeah. like early oncoming professionals who are like starting their practicums or just got out of school. So it's really important and um, exciting for me to hear about these things when I essentially yeah. do the same task every single day. This is what makes the day to day really, really fun for me. Mm -hmm. What so, have there been like, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. What was the, what were you about to say? I was just going to ask if like, what, what's like the craziest thing, story that someone's told you or <laughs> person that you've met or. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I meet somebody that There's blows so many. my mind like every three days. <laughs> One of the wildest things that I've ever encountered, though, was somebody who came in with a lot of, like, very personal issues that ended up with a um, very formal separation. Mm. Okay. Legally. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One might call it divorce. Mm, and I may mm. have had a direct hand. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> I mean, as I'm listening to these things, I'm like, oh, man. I like, yeah, for sure. I have my pr uh, professional service provider hat on. But on the other hand, I'm like, oh, my God, Shorty, do you hear this? Like, can I am, am I am I allowed to say something? here? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah, it gets a little funny, a little intense in that sense. But again, that's what makes my job so fun and interesting and zesty. We really yeah. do love to see it. Oh, man. Do then like do some people then kind of see you as their like therapist? <laughs> Maybe unintentionally, yes. but intentionally so that has happened. Yeah. I mean, as with any service provider position, I feel like hairdressers get this a lot too. Right. Um, with any service provider position where we're spending a lot of time together and there's some like silence involved, mm -hmm. like for getting your hair bleached, I'm with you for at least three, four hours. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm trapped in this chair. You're trapped on my bed. It's just me and you. So <laughs> what else can we do? But either crank the music up or talk. So, yeah, yeah. That really happens sometimes. I am getting a lot better about putting my foot down and um, like setting those boundaries. Redirecting, <laughs> yeah, totally redirecting conversations where I'm like, you know what? Maybe we don't need to do this right now. Maybe we can just keep it um, at lighthearted pee pee poo poo time, which is exactly yeah. where I thrive. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's great. <laughs> That's like one thing that I've been struggling with a little bit of, you know, setting up boundaries or being comfortable with saying no to people. Goodness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you probably have to deal with that a lot more. 
<laughs> it's a skill. It's a skill. I'm still developing the skill too. It doesn't come easy. Yeah. Do you ever have to turn down any clients? Um, the turning down happens with custom requests. I just don't have the emotional capacity right now to take on um, such an emotional and lo like laborious part of the job. That is when I can opt out of, so I'm choosing to do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with that, with taking on custom requests, people bring you their ideas, their inspirations, but of course that gets very vulnerable and intensely, intensely personal. So sometimes it gets into a little bit of the um, oversharing territory, maybe giving right. a little too much information that's not really quite pertinent. But then uh, my admin and I are still at the front lines receiving this. So I'm hoping oh. to find a way where I can kind of streamline the process where I can receive the ideas, cut out the rest of the meat. <laughs> and not be so emotionally swayed right? Um, and still make great work out of it. But until I figure that out, until I figure out a smooth, streamlined way to not get my feelings hurt, but still get people's emotions mm -hmm. in a, um, a filtered way, that would be very cool. I would really be love perfect. that. <laughs> yes, yeah. that would be very ideal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did I already ask if you design all of the tattoos that you do? Yep, I specifically yeah. ask that I people don't bring in any work that they want to directly replicate. I'm like that again comes into the customs where I'm like I'm super happy to give you my riff on this, but I won't outright give you the Pinterest picture that you brought up from God knows where right. from the internet. What is your process then of creating these art pieces? Um, I usually think of concepts um like vague things that bring me joy right off the bat it changes every now and then i had a huge mushroom kick about a month and a half ago but then that really <laughs> i drew hundreds of mushrooms and i'm like okay enough fungi for now <laughs> i've been absorbing a lot of like cottage core material recently i've mm. been collecting calico critters <laughs> the toy the miniature to toy place oh yeah i saw those mm -hmm. and i'm playing a board game right now that's very forest critter heavy called everdell so i've got forest critters on the brain so i think that's what's coming to the forest front right now because it's all i'm exposed to and it's all i want to see <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable i know it makes me so happy and then i think with that like because i draw such a very niche subject matter i also tend to draw very niche clientele which is oh, again, yeah. what makes my job super magical because the only type of people who would come to get cottagecore things are my type of people <laughs> kind cute super yeah. sweet very tender yes love that <laughs> Do you have a favorite one that you've designed? Oh, so many, so many, so many, yeah. so many. Some of my favorite subject matters are um, where I fuse flora and faces together. Mm. I just really feel like I spent all of my elementary school and middle school experience drawing faces, disembodied faces in the mar margins of my notebook, and it's finally coming into play now. Thank yes. God. <laughs> Full circle moment. Totally, totally. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> It's good in that regard. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you mentioned flashes. Mm -hmm. What what exactly are those? So flash is pre-drawn designs that are not usually meant to be altered heavily. They okay. come straight from me. I release them to you. You get them as is. That is a flash mm -hmm. piece. And do you do these like for specific time frames? Like this flash thing is going on for this month and then next month is something different? I release every couple of weeks. At least I try to. Um, I can control the flow of my schedule depending on my release. So if I feel like I'm getting really overwhelmed, I just like won't drop anything for a little bit just to try and slow the traffic down. Mm -hmm. But if I feel like I'm like, oh, my God, I really need to pay my rent. <laughs> I will just drop 10 sheets at the drop yeah. of a hat. Um, like put out all of the content ever <laughs> exactly yeah so yeah the co the content is absolutely determined by what my needs are in the month and where i'm at emotionally <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i've seen like that you do some events around mm -hmm. town mm -hmm. and you do some live painting yeah i've done some live painting i like to do markets as well where i actually get to sell my prints and stickers in person and actually get to tell people about hand poke tattooing in person as we go, I also like to um, be the door person for other people doing tattooing. Like, for example, oh, yeah. my studio mate Kyle was actually live tattooing at um, an event in the city called Secret Shop. And I wanted to get us some extra publicity and also be his door person so that I was blocking people <laughs> so that they weren't just like nosing around in his work mm -hmm. area. So... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I love to do events. I love to get involved in the city. I love to meet the community. I love to be in the middle of the action. 
Yeah. And Sweet. the fainting was a really fun experience. I got to do it a lot. That was my first time ever doing it, but I got invited to do it again. And I would 100% agree. I would yeah. absolutely pull up and do this again. The fun thing about that was that it was totally not planned. I literally went in there with no no game plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I went oh. in no game plan. I, they just had a theme. They were like, please um, focus on something fil- like Filipino centered. And I was like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Literally what was... came in with no preconception, just drew it all on the spot. <laughs> what was the basis of this event again? The um, It was run by a Filipinx group that was raising money for disenfranchised families in the city. And it was a fundraiser event, so they were auctioning off all of the um, artwork that was produced from the Sweet. live art event. Yeah, it's pretty tight. It's pretty tight. Did you feel any like pressure while you were doing it when you were creating, having people walk around or yeah. look staring? <laughs> staring over my shoulder, yes, because I'm really yeah. small and I can feel the presence <laughs> of somebody behind like me they're... very intensely. Yeah. Um, I don't Did love that having people watch me. Yeah, either when I'm creating, so I get very like, hello. <laughs> Do you wanna? Do you have any questions, or do you just want to keep walking? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, am I doing a good job? <laughs> yeah, do you want to have any? Do you, do you at least want to tell me what you're thinking about? <laughs> you're just kind of standing there. No, but it's fun in and of itself. I feel like it's just mm-hmm. a different, a different thing to get used to. Um, yeah. They try to curb those moments into please talk to me, please mm-hmm. just stand here and watch me, please ask me something. <laughs> do you ever just? Did you ever just like turn around and start? initiate a conversation or 100 percent. yeah <laughs> it's just talking yeah. to other people but it's just my anxiety coming full force <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and with no game plan too that must have been well did that come fast did your idea just kind of come when you started or did you yeah i hit the i like was just standing it up on an easel looking at the blank canvas and all i had was a drafting pencil in my hand and then my my hands just started drawing a face so I'm like, okay, we're going with a lady with nice. national flowers. Boom. There yes. it was. <laughs> <laughs> your your middle school paper margin drawings coming back. <laughs> exactly. Coming back full force. It's really just instinct at this point. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I've done, um, on I stream on Twitch. And so mm-hmm. I've done a couple of live com- compositions on there where I'm just kind of like improving and then making a composition. And As you go along. Totally. Yeah. And it was fun, but it was also, I got to a point where I was kind of like, people are watching. Like, this <laughs> and is kind I'm of strange. Very self conscious now. Yes. And suddenly, I'm like not focusing so much on the music of the I'm, creating. I'm yeah, just like focusing on giving you the like, prompt that you ask for. Yeah. Like, you're looking at me. I'm, what am I doing? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I don't even know. I just feel like I have to entertain you. Ah. <laughs> I like to do these things as well on my Instagram. Sometimes I'll just open up an ask box and ask people for prompts. Mm. And that's fun in and of itself. I feel like it's a little less pressure because I don't have to be live drawing. People aren't watching yeah. me live produce, but I will just turn out the sketches as they come. Oh, yeah. To try and simulate as close to the live drawing experience as possible without you hawking over my shoulder. Right. <laughs> There's no pressure there. <laughs> no pressure. It's just whenever I decide to drop this, if I decide to drop this, but it's a fun way for people to get involved and also like stay, stay mm-hmm. tuned in. Yeah. See how do it's you, made. Do these become tattoos or anything? Or Eventually, it, are these yeah. just the sketches? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. some of them, most of them actually end up being released. Some of them I've been sitting on because I'm like, I'm just waiting for the right time to drop this and it's not now. <laughs> so people, yeah. like, yeah, the most popular requests, I'll just sit on for a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so you do hand poking um Mm -hmm. and stencils right Mm -hmm. have you ever done freehand or Mm -hmm. yeah i do them quite often i think it's super fun i i um that to me is the equivalent of the live art event but in my practice Mm -hmm. (laughs) so what i'll do is i'll ask people for um their favorite flowers i'll just ask them to compile a list of pertinent reference photos. I usually just ask for three to five to keep the palette super limited. And if they're going to reference any other artwork, I usually ask that they reference my pieces so that we have other things to work off of. But um, they'll pick their favorite flowers and I ask if they want just like a straight line or more of an organic shape. And then we just go from there. Cool. Um, usually the composition takes anywhere from half an hour, depending on if they have a solid vision or if we're just asking like, yes or no. Do you like this? Do you like this? A or B? 
and we'll go like that until something is made and that can take up to an hour. So we'll compose it. We have to let the stencil dry and then I get straight to tattooing. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Super fun. <laughs> Do you ever have people who are super indecisive though? Yes, which makes the job hard, but I've also gotten really good at wrangling. Um, I've gotten good at pulling teeth <laughs> mm. <laughs> from indecisive folks. It's a lot better when you limit your options. Um, yeah. Instead of like leaving open-ended questions of like, what do you think? It's more like, I think this. Do you want to move A or B? Yeah. Or B or C. If I give you options, it's a lot easier to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm super indecisive. And so <laughs> like a tattoo right now, out of the question, because I don't even have anything to an commit idea. to at the moment. Exactly. Hey, the time will come. <laughs> Your time will come. One day, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, Daniel asked, what's the strangest tattoo request you've turned down or that you've done? <laughs> one that I've turned down? Oh, this one's pretty notable. This one actually got picked up by somebody else, and I'm so glad they did. But the, the strangest, I mean, my style is very fun, cute, quirky, very soft, very tender. Somebody asked me for the biblical scene of Judith beheading Holofernes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right up your alley. So, yeah, so my style, so my thing, absolutely to the forefront. I oh my was goodness. like, um, <laughs> you know what? Hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not for me. Maybe not for me. But another local artist who loves like um, Catholic imagery, vintage imagery, like that sort of thing. She was the one that ended up picking it up and she did an infinitely way better job than it could have with the subject matter at hand. So I feel very thankful. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Then what is one that you've done? Have you done any super strange ones or have you just kind of turned those away? Super strange ones? I mean, ones that actually slipped through the cracks. I mean, this one was charming. One of the strangest ones that I did was a Pictionary winning round of an alligator drinking iced tea and it was drawn by my client's girlfriend oh that's cute so he wanted to immortalize that on his on himself and i turned the like the, the actual drawing into a stencil and i just used that and i'm like oh this is cute that's great i hope they're still together <laughs> i know fingers crossed <laughs> i'm never going to stop couples from getting tattoos but i also do have a thought of like mm. like what if you know Mm, yeah (laughs) not my business (laughs) daniel also asked what are your thoughts on trash polka which is i i at first was like what is trash polka a style of tattooing that's very um it's very intense when i googled it can i can i also google it so i can form an opinion yes trash polka oh my gosh this is very intense right um, okay, it's very my... far from your style, I think. <laughs> wow. Okay. My opinions on trash polka tattoo. This says more about you than you think it does if you decide to get the style of tattooing. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that's mm. all I'm going to leave it at, I think. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you would ever try to do any other styles? Like, absolutely. Like that? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, I would incorporate elements. I can definitely see myself incorporate, like taking this whole concept with the red blast and minimalizing it. Mm-hmm. So it's not so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like in your face. <laughs> I totally see the appeal. I am just not the uh, clientele built for the style of tattooing, nor am I the artist built for the style of tattooing. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so Thank you, Daniel, DJ, for this very intense question. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, "What even? What is trash polka?" Oh, why do I have to Google this? Thank you, Daniel. I learned something new today. <laughs> DJ. Um, DJ. He asks about tattooing and body shapes and body shapes changing. And okay. so he says, "Where on the body do tattoos typically turn out to be the worst placement over time? Maybe due to like weight gain or loss or." distortion skin stretching stuff like that Mm -hmm. great question dj um i haven't seen i mean i've only been in the industry for three years so i haven't seen my tattoos age enough to say this firsthand Mm -hmm. in terms of things that i've seen firsthand and experience from my own tattoos but typically where your skin changes the most is like your upper arms your forearms tend to say more or less the same um same with your legs like your thighs change more than the bottom half like your calves 
Um, so I feel like if your tattoos were to distort, it would be around the rapier area. So like less at the front, but more around the side and the back. This would absolutely be a right. changing and warping <laughs> position throughout the course of your lifetime. I feel like the only one where it would really, really matter is like the inside here. Mm. Other than that, I feel like your skin, your skin like is elastic. It will, um grow and change with you over time so i feel like if you were if you are super concerned about this stay on your forearms stay on your shins stay on your ankles those don't change too too much um caution with your upper bicep and your upper thighs and your stomach oh do people do that stomach tattoos yeah it's super intense i've never gotten there yet personally but after um having seen my studio mate go through it i don't know if i would ever voluntarily do this Ooh. Ooh. yeah (laughs) i don't want to get my neck done but ooh. Also Ooh. hard sell. Oof. That that sounds like it hurt a lot. <laughs> yeah, truly. Thank you for this poignant question, DJ. Very cool. Yeah. How many tattoos do you have? <laughs> Fabulous question. Over 20, maybe under 30. I stopped counting. Oh, really? Yeah, and I lost count. <laughs> how many of those did you give yourself? I have given myself... One... Two, three, four, five, six tattoos. Dang. Do some of them have stories, right? Yeah. I mean, there's the Beyond My Knee, which is the very first tattoo I ever did, and I'm never going to touch it up because I feel like there is a huge value and sentiment and not being ever a not being able to go back to being this naive. And being <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that in and of itself is like a a preservation of this very special time in my life. The very first time I ever tattooed. The second one was right afterwards. I felt like there was a huge leap in my improvement in the second month when I tattooed myself again. So I was like tight, 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 tight. Sweet. My first machine tattoo was in the middle. I mean, my first machine tattoo is actually really unforgettable because I did it in the middle of the heat wave Mm. earlier this year where it was like a ripping 40 degrees outside. Oh my goodness. And it was also a ribbing 40 degrees inside because I couldn't escape it. Yeah. So I don't think I'm ever going to forget that experience and then walking home in the blistering hot sun with my very fresh, angry tattoo. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So do you prefer hand pokes then over machine? Oh my God. Yes. No contest. (laughs) It's it's not even a close contest. (laughs) How come? I, um, well, I love it for a variety of different reasons. I just feel like a hand poke is very hard to come by professionally. Mm. Less so nowadays, now that with the out, like the boost of this, um, practice coming into play, but at least locally, there's not as many people to choose from, whereas you can choose a machine artist very, very easily in a variety of different forms. So Mm. that in and of itself already makes me more niche. And the fact that I, this is my niche hand poking is so much less painful than regular machine tattooing. I mean, that is just a general thing that I say because that is how I experienced it. And that's how most people experience it. Everybody's pain tolerance is different, but for the most part, it doesn't cause as much violence literally upon your skin. It is um, not as physically traumatic as having a needle oscillating and slicing through you very quickly through um, a short span of time yeah so hand poking is very (laughs) low slow intentional meditative um the buzzing of the machine is also like completely eradicated from the situation so it's just me and you having a chat and if you find that you want to like tune out and just have like a quite peaceful moment enjoying the process of getting tattooed i'm super happy to like honor that otherwise the silence that happens within the practice is actually what i use to connect with people so Mm. I really do think that hand poking, especially if you're getting like small to medium sized pieces, is the most superior way to get tattooed. It's so comfortable. Like, why wouldn't you want to do this? You can achieve a lot of different things, obviously, with machine. And it's a totally different. um, It's just a totally different beast. But if hand poking, if you have a style, if you have an artist (laughs) that can hand poke in a style that you really like, I don't see why you shouldn't go for it. It's just such a wonderful way to get introduced into the world of tattooing before you decide to go get blasted with a machine. (laughs) Sweet. That's Mm -hmm. a cool explanation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely did not realize that hand poking was a thing until very recently. I totally. I've always just, yeah, just thought it was like machines always. Yeah. And it's actually really cool that you are a person that has very limited knowledge with tattooing because I feel like I'm able to explain these things to you and introduce you to it as well as well as everybody else who also doesn't 
Yeah, I'm like a baby. I know nothing about this. <laughs> I'm just happy to tell you anything you want to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. What's the longest tattoo you've ever done? Like, what's oh. taken longest? I think the longest sessions that I've usually done were like running at the four hour mark. Oh, wow. Which is pretty intense. I mean, even with a four hour session with a machine, you can get a lot more work done with a four hour session. But like, goodness, it's still such a long, long time to sit in one place, sit with the same person talk like almost continuously for that long yeah goodness that ended up being like a wrapping half sleeve on somebody (laughs) that was a free-handed piece it was very cool it took an hour to draw and there was about three three hours of tattoo time Mm. did the drawing happen while they were there Mm -hmm. or is this like an interrupted process Mm, okay did you take breaks during it? <laughs> we usually, I usually have to. The, um, like there's something really magical that I use in the studio called Bactine, which is an antiseptic spray. It's my best friend. Um, keeps you super clean and it also has mild numbing properties. So um, I usually call for it within like right after the first or second round of tattooing because hand poking takes several passes to fully deposit. Mm. Whereas um, with a machine tattoo, typically you try to do the whole thing in one go because there's really no go-backs, but hand-poking is a completely different ballpark where I can go back multiple times and actually get my lines nice and precise. So Mm. for the first round, it's usually just me going over the stencil and making sure I cover whatever is stenciled. And Bactine is the most effective way to remove the stencil afterwards so that I can actually check the integrity of my line. So those Bactine breaks are both um, effective for me in terms of what I need... um, moving forward with the next part of the tattoo process. And it's also the best for you as the client, because then you totally don't feel what I'm doing for at least 20 more minutes. I buy myself a little bit of comfort time where you're not like, oh, ooh, owie, this is so <laughs> spicy. I hate this. <laughs> I, I definitely try to stay on my clients' good graces for the whole duration of the appointment. If I, if at any yeah. they're like starting to get spicy, I'm like, hey, what about another back team break? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are there some people who are like particularly sensitive to it and maybe it's like their first tattoo and they don't, they don't love it. I have not had that experience. Not yet. So praying that I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's very receptive to it. Otherwise. That's great. That makes it easy. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Who doesn't love a little, Hey man, I can't even feel you right now. This is great. Who doesn't love that? (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that you'll, so right now you're with, um, what is it called? Good Friend Tattoo? What is your, yes. Good I was, Friend Tattoo. Friends is part of it. Yes. <laughs> good Friend Tattoo? Yeah. When did you, when did you join their team or is this? Um, good Friend Tattoo was um, conceptualized, birthed, <laughs> I guess in the midst of the pandemic because I had just left my first formal parlor job. I was working at a very, you know, rough and tough, but reputable biker shop of a tattoo parlor. Um, COVID shut us down pretty quickly. And while I was scrambling, looking for options, the most golden opportunity fell into my lap because these two wonderful people were about to start a tattoo studio together and they wanted one more person on their team. And they Perfect. wanted little old me. Oh, D- did you guys know each other beforehand? Like, no. did you meet? No. Oh, and that not was the at all. gorgeous thing about it was that they literally just like were watching me from the internet, believed in what I was doing, like really believed in the vibe and thought that I would be a great fit. Our first time meeting was us like signing the lease in person, which wow. was bananas. That, like, I feel like that's a leap of faith. A hundred percent. But like that, I think was, has made my journey super magical. Mm-hmm. Like it's just been one leap of faith after another and me falling into the right hands. Perfect. Because these people, yeah, oh my God, this team is literally so perfect. I couldn't, oh, they're my favorite Aww. people in the world. I love my team. I love who I work with. I love the little family that we have. Like we, we have a wonderful dynamic going on and I am so excited to see where Good Friend is going to go in the future. We hope to grow individually as artists and then also hope to grow together as um, a unit. That's great. Is it mm-hmm. just, so how many people are on the team? The three. three of you? Just three. Yeah. So it's me, cool. one other hand poke artist. Her name is Steph Love. And then it's um, our resident machine artist. And his name is Kyle. Cool. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Really, really good people. Their handles yeah. are cute dot but weird. And at it's dot tatty dot time on Instagram. Check my friends out. Yeah. I'll link everybody. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so how did the GQ thing come about? 
Oh goodness. Oh my goodness. That was, that was <laughs> an unprecedented oh, serendipitous stroke of luck. I really can't mm. believe this. Um, this interview was originally offered to somebody else who was living in Tokyo, but they didn't feel right taking it and pitched my name to the editor. Oh, so do you know editor, this person? No, not personally, <laughs> which is like the most, oh, think about this. Wow. Cause I'm like, huh? <laughs> huh? You gave up this interview? What? Yeah. They just like knew what I was doing and knew the impact that I was making on the community, or at least they saw that I was making an impact on the community and really believed in it and wanted to put my name forward. And then when I got the very suspicious looking DM in my Instagram, I literally could not believe it. Mm. So I did some deep, deep, deep FBI digging to make sure that everything everything was kosher and everything was. Oh, great. <laughs> this person was absolutely who he said he was. He was indeed the editor of GQ coming to me with a handpoke editorial wanted to feature me in. And, um... <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It's amazing. So yeah, cool. A, a cold DM. I cold DM'd you and I was like, hey, do you want to do this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And I cold DM'd the people that I did my first guest spots with. So like, yeah, Sweet. sometimes just sticking your neck out there really does a body good. Really mm -hmm. does an opportunity well. Yeah. I don't know if I would if I had gotten that DM though that you did, I would probably have just like dismissed it. Ignored it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I originally thought about dismissing it, but then I was like, is it what if this was? What if? <laughs> like yeah, my first thought was this is too good to be true. And I'm like, what if it was true? What if? What if I actually yeah. bought into my own fantasy for a second? So glad Amazing. I didn't. Holy moly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did they like find you on did this person, that Tokyo tattoo artist, did they know you from Instagram or tiktok or they're actually a calgary local that moved to tokyo oh oh which is like <laughs> baffling. i'm like whoa yeah whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> i think we maybe yeah. knew each other briefly because they used to work at a plant place that i used to frequent <laughs> and i i was close with one of their co-workers that was our mutual link but i'm like how did we know Ooh. each other we, i don't know if we met yeah <laughs> but like very cool of you to believe in me i love you for the show to you janae love you baby <laughs> that's so sweet <laughs> is this plant place a place in inglewood by any yeah. chance yeah yes i love that place i love that's that so place cute. a lot <laughs> i have some more patreon questions ready for want? patreon ready <laughs> um yeah okay so from dj again oh um hello dj are recommendations favoring mostly simple slash line art slash black ink tattoos or do colored ones hold up well? Oh, black for sure holds the best out of all the pigments. Um, color tattoos fade over, over time and depending on how they were deposited, they may look murkier than others. Depending on your artist, um, POC don't react well to color for the most part especially with red pigments, red and green, and red, like any adjacent colors from those, um, POSA tend to struggle with, especially in the summer. Like mm. I, for one, have tattoos. I have this pink set of flowers that I got, I think, like right when I was 18. And every single year in the summer, they, the pink puffs up, only the pink. Really? <laughs> so color can cause irritation throughout the course of your life. It's not something that ever goes away. It might be seasonal. Mine is triggered by the heat. Mine is also triggered by extremely dry winter um, dryness. So, yeah, uh, it depends on your aesthetic and it depends on who you are as a person. But for the most part, black work forever. It holds up the best over time. But also don't, you know, don't let me discourage you from getting colored tattoos. They're sick as fuck. Yeah. Um, he also mentioned that um, he asks this because he found an article about toxicity of colored ink and an upcoming ban of it in Belgium. What, yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, he like quoted the news thing. He says, it says a looming ban on a common ingredient in many tattoo inks is causing concern among tattoo artists because of the shortage of alternatives. The ban affects isopropanol, a constituent of many tattoo inks, and it comes into force on January 4th of 2022. Well, I'm gooped and I'm very thankful I'm not in Belgium. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very interesting. I mean, shit. 
As long as you're yeah. not in Belgium, don't worry too much about it right now. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I can't pitch my two cents on that right now. Yeah. I'm going to have to do some oh. more research before I pitch in. But um, right. weird, alarming, and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do people have like aller- allergic reactions without knowing that they have this when they come in? Mm-hmm. Some people who are not POC have developed like red ink allergies. Mm. which is a very unfortunate thing to find out post-tattoo, but I'm also like, well, yeah. it's just something that you have to learn how to cope with from here on out. Unless oh, you no. want to get it lasered off. Those are just your only alternatives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sometimes it really do just be like that. Sometimes you don't know until it's on you, and um, those are just the cards that you're dealt biologically. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of, that's unfortunate. <laughs> that is unfortunate, but also, yet again, getting black work totally eliminates all risk of you Mm. <laughs> how to discover these things on the fly <laughs> yeah so what are what are where, where do you see yourself in like five years from now oh my god work with this hopefully rich sexy and loaded <laughs> yeah Ugh. that's a great answer goodness <laughs> where do i see myself well i hopefully see myself um in a more established studio we have a really cute space right now but i would like to go, be in a place where I um, had a full hand in creating this. So I kind of want the full DIY fantasy mm-hmm. of making a studio. Right. Um, so I'd like to be in whatever space that ends up being, hopefully with the same team, maybe a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to be at the point where I feel comfortable and confident enough in my abilities that I am apprenticing people and or at least mentoring at the very least. Mm-hmm. I would really like to have developed my machine skills in five years enough where I'm able to give hybrid tattoos. That's kind of my vision where, cool. yeah, I want to be able to crank out my line work super quickly with machine. Cause I just feel like that's way more efficient, but still do shading by hand poke. Cause I still feel like I have the most control like that. Yeah. A lot of good things to think about. I would like to be at the point also where I'm doing guest spots regularly and getting to travel and meet new artists and be in different shops regularly. It's definitely part of the fantasy. And I think that's going to come into play sooner. Than I wanted to do that sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So like expanding on your this little studio that you guys have now, maybe move into a bigger space. <laughs> maybe move into a bigger space, maybe accumulate more people, but definitely um, improving our practices Expanding our community, I would like to have a better link with like organizations or nonprofits that we can actually regularly link up with and donate to because I want to have I want our studio to have a real impact on the local community that we serve and traveling, traveling with guest spots and getting to meet new cool people and new cool studios. That's awesome. (laughs) That's that's the vision. Thank you for (laughs) entering my mind map. Yay. That's really fun. Do you so what do you do when you're not tattooing? Or are you still doing art? Are you still drawing? Or does that ever get tiring? Do you get burnt out? Yeah. um, Drawing used to be a a thing I used to do for fun. It felt like breathing. And now that I've monetized my hobby, it's um, taken a little little bit of the joy out of it. Totally. So I find myself drawing for fun less frequently. I definitely try to ride the wave whenever I'm so thankful that it's there. But other than that, I just try to inform my practice by consuming media that actually like serves what I'm going to create. So in a sense, like playing Animal Crossing, hilariously enough, actually does serve my practice. Oh, because it's very like the game is very stimulating and inspiring to me. So I find that like stimulating downtime really important. I also watch a lot of anime in my downtime because oh, yeah. I number one, I love it. Number two, it's really inspiring to me. Number three, I am just a diehard nerd and I feel like I could not have a life that doesn't involve animated media. <laughs> what, what's your favorite anime? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, no contest. Everybody else okay. get out of the way. <laughs> I can't say that I've seen, watched too much anime. So I can't, a shame. Um... I can, another thing I could introduce you to, really, yeah. I'm just an endless resource for nerdery. <laughs> the last um, last couple of animes I watched were Demon Slayer. Amazing. IQ. Great choice. Amazing. Yeah. Great choice. Wow, 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 wow. Iron-Blooded Orphans. Haven't heard of that one. Interesting. That one's a Gundam one and all oh, about boy. war. And, um... Yeah. I do love mechas. Anime anime hurts. <laughs> anime hurts, but I love the way it hurts. Because when it hurts, <sighs> then I start to draw. Then I'm like, oh, yeah. man, i got to channel this hurt into something. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's just it's so much easier to make things when you're 
upset <laughs> when you're hurting. And I definitely am trying to rewire that because, yeah, when my art used to come from like a really emotional, sad place, I would definitely make stuff that felt inspired. But it was also like, man, this is a permanent reminder of like that shitty, shitty time that I went through. Or like, this is something I really don't want to remember like this. So I definitely mm. try to get into moods where I'm creating more from like, I'm excited. I'm happy to be here. Instead yeah. of like, whoa, I feel deep, dark, and dank, and I need an <laughs> escape. <laughs> Do you think that, though, over time, like, over time, you can come back to that feeling with a different perspective? Absolutely. Like, what, Absolutely. whatever happened then? Yeah. yeah. Revisiting things from a more inf informed perspective. Hindsight. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Animal Crossing, do you, what part of Animal Crossing helps with your tattooing or your art? Oh my goodness. I mean, it's a game that's as good as you make it. So <laughs> whenever I hear people dissatisfied with Animal Crossing, I'm like, that literally just reflects wholly more on you than it does on the game itself. Like that just says you're boring if you think this game is boring. Sorry to say it. So yeah, Animal Crossing, I feel like with the Nintendo subscription, it opens up a whole world of possibilities of creativity because you can really go above and beyond in the game. You can download things like QR codes to really expand the design aspect of the game. So like having my brain think in, um, having to access that part of my brain that's thinking in like design, composition, color, mm -hmm. putting things together that go together. I usually ride that wave post game and I'm like, oh, oh my God, I could actually turn that into something. Wait. <laughs> that's amazing. There's a lot of different avenues for me to jump off of post, of, uh, post a great Animal Crossing session. <laughs> I've never thought about that. Wow. <laughs> it's really good. And even the critters themselves, my villagers in and of themselves, I just went on a villager and I encountered so many new critters. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. I like certain aspects of you. I want to see this again. Like a cow with yeah. braids. Let's revisit that. <laughs> hmm. It's so cute. Animal hmm. Crossing is adorable. Right? So yeah, lots <laughs> of things to make my, my tiny little brain cell spin. Mm -hmm. Did you get the DLC? I am waiting. I am mm -hmm. using the DLC as a reward post-holiday merch making. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like I can't sink any deeper into Animal Crossing than I'm already in right now. It's already starting to uh, yeah. ooh, become a slippery <laughs> slope. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, the update is already, it's a lot. It's so it's much. It's to explore. It's added at least three, four hundred hours of gameplay for me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I feel like that's the amount that I'm going to accumulate, but I exclusively th sunk a thousand hours of gameplay from when it was released to October of that year. Wow. So like holding back is a thing I don't know how to do. <laughs> Oops. That's, yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> so me and the DLC, we're waiting. We're waiting. We're taking a second. <laughs> it's a good reward. Yeah. Delayed <laughs> gratification is something that regularly comes to as somebody with no impulse control. <laughs> yeah. I feel that sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> For your merch, are you doing anything more than stickers? Do you have any plans for more huge, than that? Huge plans. I am yeah. hoping that my partner and I can um, rig together a home silkscreen press. I want to make shirts. I want to make totes. I want to be able to like silkscreen merch like that instead of having to manufacture it. Having to manufacture it locally wouldn't be the worst thing, but I definitely want my hand in making my products, I think, at least for the first couple of rounds. There's a certain joy in actually having done this yourself and like selling this like you with your own two hands and outsourcing it to somebody else, right? So right. Um, shirts and totes are definitely looming on the horizon. And in terms of good friend, we want to make merch that's very specific to the studio because we want to mm. make special bundles special like giveaway bundles for people to who complete the holy trifecta so mm -hmm. for people who have gotten tattooed by all three artists we want to give swag bag or bundle of our art of some variety so we're thinking of maybe a poster maybe some buttons definitely totes um yeah fun things to expand on for people who are loyal to the studio and loyal to us we want to make it make it special sweeten the pot a little yeah it's very exciting because the loyalty is no joke. Like, you could go anywhere in the city, and we definitely, definitely appreciate that people not only choose to come to us individually, but also choose to hit all three artists in the studio. Mm -hmm. Like, mwah, we love <laughs> we love these special people so much. Yeah. It is really nice to have some... It, it's really an interesting thing to have people support your art. A whole, yeah. And support your whole endeavor as a studio exactly. as well. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, why are you 
why 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 are you <laughs> why hey, why me why coming to me why but me? also thank you me exactly. thank you for coming to me exactly <laughs> like geez god thanks for choosing me but also i can't believe you chose me yeah cool <laughs> like that moment comes every single time somebody chooses me for a first tattoo i feel like the honor Aww. and the absolute like sheer brilliance of it never really wears off i'm like that is so freaking cool that you <laughs> are full of anxiety have done your research have really like combed through the artist and ultimately chose me as your entry mm -hmm. point like oh oh my god yeah my heart my soul be really special <laughs> so special it never wears off it never ever gets old for me yeah i hope it never does i don't think it yeah will. i hope i hope so too <laughs> i am so obsessed with my job and the people in it that i don't think it ever will <laughs> it's so exciting to see other people so passionate about their art and what they're oh, making totally. it's so great <laughs> it's like yeah. i think that's part of what draws people in they're like i love watching you having fun i'm like all i do is have fun yeah that, do you do um kyle and steph mm -hmm. do, do your art styles are they very different? Are they similar at all? Or I would say Steph and I have a more related art style because we curate our artwork for hand poke. But the way mm -hmm. that we handle our line work is completely different. Like Steph's style is a lot more playful and loose. Whereas like while my subject matter is playful and loose, my technique is a little bit tighter in terms of line work. Um, and Kyle has a very contemporary style of tattooing. Both. He has both a very loose style of tattooing and loose work. So <laughs> yeah. I love it though. His like, oh, I just can't capture the playfulness of Kyle's stuff. It's really fun. Awesome. Yeah. I should go stalk them. Yeah, please. <laughs> I should please go stalk do, them after please this. Please do a deep internet deep dive. <laughs> yeah. Do do many tattoo artists do social media work? Or Ooh. is this something that's special to you, do you think? In terms of like making social media work for them? Yeah, I guess. Hmm. I feel like I have a very different experience with the social media realm than a few other artists do just because I feel like I have a hand in a couple of different pots. Like my involvement with TikTok brought my profile up to a certain degree that I didn't anticipate. Mm. I got a lot more traction this year than I totally would have anticipated because of um, doing a couple of silly, silly little dancey dances on mm -hmm. a popular <laughs> teenage platform. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, having like 50,000 followers there and then like plugging my Instagram and then having people follow me on there, like the, the local reach was really cool. I mm -hmm. feel like the way I run my Instagram is also a little bit different. Artists are a little bit, they keep it very art forward, whereas I definitely try to keep my social media well-rounded in the sense that like, yes, I want to post art. You're also going to get tattoo content, like tattoo process content. I always try to put post my stencil peel so you see what's going on. And then I mm -hmm. also try to involve myself in my social media without being obnoxious because I want you to know what I look like. I want you to know the vibe I give off. I want you to know who yeah. I am. And I want you to feel like you would not be afraid to approach me. Mm hmm Yeah. That definitely comes off. You thank seem you. like a very nice, easily approachable person. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I try. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get like tired of talking to your clients though? Um, only when it comes to a really exhausting subject matter that's really draining. But otherwise, I tend to hit a sweet spot with my clientele. Either we find common ground, which is always the most ideal. Like we find out we of both course. like anime or K-pop, <laughs> and it's just like <gasps> right off the bat for like another hour. And then I'm like, honestly, I'm kind of sad. You have to go. Why did your, why did you size this tattoo so small? You have to go now. <laughs> I'm not done yet. <laughs> and then when I'm struggling in terms of like commonalities, I'll keep people talking about their life. Cause there's always something interesting going on in somebody's life. I feel like even if they don't see it as interesting, I'm like, mm -hmm. I want to know more about the weird hyperfixation that you've been going on at the very least. Tell me about your weird YouTube rabbit holes. Who's your celebrity crushes that you know insanely large gossip on? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, what's the drama in your workplace? <laughs> oh, and Spill she the said, tea. No way! Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. There's always a fun avenue to harp on. Yeah. Sweet. I find deep, deep pleasure in finding those avenues. Yeah, it's awesome. I love, like, connecting to people. Although I am introverted, and so it's a little bit harder sometimes. Oh, but you're my favorite type of person because I just want to crack you open like an egg. <laughs> Like what's and in there? Yeah, yeah, and I'm like becoming a little bit more open with everybody. And like, like on my Twitch streams recently, I've been 
I asked people, you know, the 36 questions to fall in love. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I started asking those on my stream and it's actually very interesting when people yeah. are comfortable to share. Totally. It's really when awesome. They, like share poignantly. You're like, oh, I told, that's a different approach or like, oh, that's insightful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's also like the reason for this podcast. I was like, I really want to talk to other creatives. Mm -hmm. And so this is a thing now. <laughs> and here we are doing it. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. Thank Look you at you so much. coming out <laughs> of your comfort zone to do this. Proud of you. Yeah. Thanks. It's really fun, actually. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. Um, I guess one last question. Yeah. Who is your celebrity crush? <laughs> oh, you just mentioned sheesh. that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, are we talking about Western media or can I talk about the whole realm of Asian media as well? I go for it. Do whatever. I'm not very much connected, though, with the whole like Asian side of, of media, K-pop totally. and stuff. Totally. But feel free to share. Um, I mean, if I may take this platform to absolutely go off about my favorite yes. um, girl group. <laughs> go for it there is a nine member girl group called twice in korea oh, yeah. and one of them absolutely has my heart i'm very convinced that she's at least bisexual and i know that she's hiding a massive back tattoo her name is Chae oh. young and one of the oh my god my clients this is something that is like i feel like very unique to my experience my clients give me the most extravagant and thoughtful and very niche tips like when you buy a k-pop <laughs> photo album you get one photo card and it's very hard to get the photo card of the member that you want especially if the member that you or if the group that you support has a lot of members so you'll spend like tw anywhere between 20 to 45 dollars on a k-pop i'll get this one photo card and it actually is kind of special because you only get one um somebody gave me their photo card because it was my favorite member and they decorated it and put it in a plastic sleeve that they had like stickers and like gems all over and when wow. i tell you that i fell to my knees i could not formulate words like oh, oh my, my god oh my god you really got me my girlfriend so like oh. shout out to, shout outs to you claire shout outs to um lee chaeyoung and twice amazing <laughs> wow that's wow. like that reminded me of like pokemon cards <laughs> uh yeah truly but like all the more nerdy all the more satisfying to and if we're talking about western media zendaya mm, 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 yes mwah. oh She's amazing. Really, truly God's favorite. I'm so happy to be out here. Also, <laughs> Megan the Stallion and I have the exact same birthday, so she also has a special place in my Ooh, heart. Ooh, wow. When's your birthday? <laughs> Legends only, February 15, 1995. So me and Megan the Stallion, Aquarius, Sweet. royalty. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch Dune? I did watch Dune. I did watch Dune. I also read Dune before it came out. Oh. Um. I. Oh, am I allowed to talk about Dune in this? Yeah, this is going to be out in like january or okay. february like yeah yeah spoiler if people alert. haven't if, watched it yet at this point this is your own get on fault. It. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was dissatisfied with the way that they handled like the massive concepts in the book i feel like if i didn't read the book and have context beforehand i wouldn't know what was going on and even though i did know what was going on i still didn't know what was going on because they threw these words at me and then moved on i'm like i was oh. quite confused for some time <laughs> this was so poorly poorly laid out i feel like and yes, it's a massive universe, but I'm like, if you were going to break this up into a two, three part movie anyways, you could have taken your time. Mm. I mean, the, yeah, the movie was really long anyway, though. <laughs> yeah, an insanely long movie. And I feel like it was a huge sit and I didn't even get that much information out of it in the grand scheme of things. I'm like, who are you? What do you do? Where are we? <laughs> like, I know exactly where we are, but I'm still like, huh? Why did you choose to lay it out like this? You're silly. Really? <laughs> this is silliness. Did you read it beforehand? I did not read it. Oh my goodness. I just feel like without without contextualizing how powerful Paul's mom is, Paul makes no sense in this movie. Because <laughs> Paul's yeah, mom, I, Jessica, she's a bad bitch. She is. She's supposed to be you a don't bad like, bitch. You only get, get a snippet of that. of that. There's like a tiny bit of that near the end of the movie, though. <laughs> like, yes, but I feel to... like also with the acting choices that were made by the actress, I was like, just like poised and well like well kept together and like one of her best attributes is her mental fortitude but mm. in, in the actor in the actor's side of it she chose to play her very like <sighs> <sighs> i'm like oh boo <laughs> <laughs> so anyway oh, as a huge overcritical nerd i was um only medium satisfied with it visually it was mm. a spectacle also why did zendaya only get four full minutes in this movie i was why? gonna say she was barely in it literally <laughs> And I just like, had to stare at Timothée Chalamet's 
gaunt <laughs> face for a little too long waiting for her i'm like hello where is she dude yeah she's like her bloody hand that that's all you get like, dude <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah well until dune part two until dune part two let's revisit this with some more firm firm opinions <laughs> if this podcast is still going hopefully it's still going hopefully we there's can a have part you back two. absolutely we can just talk about dune <laughs> and any patreon questions i'm super happy to answer yeah in the future i gotta say though the music and the sound effects were pretty mm. enticing sound was, design yeah. gorgeous absolutely gorgeous great. visual effects also good... really one really wonderful yeah yeah cool <laughs> anyway thanks so much for coming on this podcast thank you so much for <laughs> inviting me i really really appreciate having a chance to talk with you and having a chance to share some insight on hand poke and what i do yeah so where can people find you on the internet you can find me on instagram at congeniality c-o-n-j-e-a-n-i-a-l-i-t-y and you can find me under the same handle on tiktok if you feel like looking at some of my shenanigans um otherwise come book in with me i usually book about a month or two in advance i'm not taking custom requests but you can always find my flash in my highlights and you can always find my frequently asked questions somewhere in my highlights as well if you ever have any questions and if you just want to come up and chat with me dms hey let's talk about anime let's talk tattoos nice awesome thanks so much thank you so much yeah bye bye